When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Taylor's in a good position. He's got men in the middle to aim for. One of them's Maeda. There's Kyogo. There's the separation. And once again, it's Celtics. Little number eight from Japan. It's Hatate across. Kyogo again. A double-double in the final for Kyogo. And Koglu delivers. Another trophy, Celtic are the Fireplay Cup winners. Yeah, it's funny at the end of the games, it, the overwhelming feeling is relief. You know, people think you're jumping for joy and it's just relief because, you know, the, the kind of what it means, what it means to, to, to everyone involved in the football club, the players, the staff, but especially our supporters. So you carry that burden uh, through that whole 90, 95 minutes and uh, when the final whistle goes, just relief that, you know, you've, you've got the job done. It was the next piece of the Postacoglu legacy at Celtic. The Scottish League Cup secured with a 2-1 win over Rangers. We follow Ange's deeds pretty closely, I think it's fair to say, on this program. And in Australia, more broadly, as he spreads his winning ways around the world. In Scotland, nobody follows this story closer than Hamish Carton, who is a journalist and he's the author of Never Stop, How Ange Postacoglu Brought the Fire back to Celtic. It felt like exactly the right time. Hamish, it's lovely to meet you. Welcome to the programme. Thank you, Gerard. Thanks for having us on. And it is the perfect team. It's worked out very nicely, this whole story. Tell us about what happened on the weekend with victory over Rangers 2-1 in the cup final. Just such a major game. It was a game against Rangers, which are, are nervy at the best of times, but with a trophy on the line as well, that was all just heightened. And Celtic were brilliant and deserved to win the match. And we got to see Ange lifting his, his third trophy above his head. I think the seventh of his career, um, but uh, the third of his Celtic career and, and many more to come as well. What are the celebrations like in those moments when a, when a trophy's lifted for such a story team against a bitter rival? They're amazing. I mean, for anyone who's never been to one of these games, it's, it's kind of hard to put into words, you know, what happens in these matches. The atmosphere is incredible, especially at Hampden. You've got two camps. You've got the, the Rangers end and the Celtic end and and just the the, the drama of it all and the, the emotions you go through throughout the afternoon. Um, and to come out on top, I mean, they're, they're horrible. We had one in April that we lost. And honestly, it's an hour walk from Hamden back into the centre of Glasgow. And it was the longest hour of my life. Yesterday, uh, it seemed about 10 minutes because the, the sun was shining. In fact, the sun was setting. Everyone had a smile on their face. So coming out on top of these games is the best thing in the world. So this is the, this is the classic moods and emotions rise and fall by the success and failure of a footy team. It's so all or nothing. In Glasgow especially, you're, there's a saying here, we've got that if you're not first, you're last. And it's so true because if it hadn't gone you know, to plan yesterday, um, we'd still have loved Ange probably just as much, but the, the whole kind of mood around the place um, would have been different. And I, I think Ange is so suited to that. I, I just, I honestly think, you know, Celtic and, and even Glasgow and, and Scotland are, are so well suited um, to Ange because we're totally obsessed with football and I think he is as well. So, 
Give us a picture as you've as you've researched and then written the book. How significant a figure is Ange already in the modern history of Celtic? It's a good question. It's it's always hard to to kind of do it while it's happening. Um, I, I would say in terms of of what he means to the the Celtic support, he's certainly the the kind of biggest single figure we've had in, in terms of you know off the pitch at the club. Certainly, since Martin O'Neill at the start of the century, um, I, I too young to to fully remember those days. Um, but I, I get the feeling that those that's the comparison you would make. Um, he's Andrew's got so much more to achieve as well, though. That's the thing. I mean, Martin O'Neill took us to a European final. You know, I would I would love Ange to be able to to achieve something similar. But just in terms of the connection between the support. Uh, Ange and the players, it's just so strong and it's it's probably something that, that you guys all feel as well about Ange, he just has this way of sucking you in um, and you just fall in love with the guy and you fall in love and you believe every single word he says because he, he doesn't lie, he tells the truth and he, he doesn't always tell you what you want to hear but you, you just you just go for it and you know we've had great managers since, since I've been supporting the club, Brendan Rodgers you know, Neil Lennon was great you know, even Martin O'Neill going, going back all those years but I don't think I would ever have written a book about them. Yep. There's just something about Ange that, that makes you want to, to kind of go the extra length. So it was no formality that this would work. So when you when you frame back at the start, when Ange Postacoglu's name first got mentioned for Celtic, what, what was the, how would you depict the mood and the reaction of the time? Well, yeah, it, it came after a horrendous season, our, our worst season in, in a long, long time. We were going for 10 titles in a row. Uh, it, it blew up in our face. It went horrendously. We didn't win a single trophy. We ended up sacking our manager in, in February. Um, you know, the pandemic was was really at its height at that stage, so no fans were getting to games. And on top of all of that, we'd spent two or three months looking to to hire Eddie Howe. And again, that had blown up in our faces. Um, and Ange kind of came in as an afterthought, which is a bizarre, bizarre, weird thing to get your head around nowadays, given how how powerful a figure he is. But at the time, it was all the all the chat was about Eddie Howe, and, and we just kind of off off the back of that heard, oh, this guy Postacoglu apparently is is the guy that we're in advanced uh, negotiations with. Um, so he comes in and he opens his mouth, and as is as the case with Ange, people just kind of fall in love with him as I say because he he just talks so well and um and then when we started seeing his team playing and his team winning after a bit of a rocky start um from that point onwards it's just been like an, an unbelievable relationship how would you depict the job that he's done this is a a football club that is perennially successful but demands success and he didn't walk into a successful environment what what, what was the job that he did so quickly yeah, I mean, when he came into the club, we'd, we'd just lost a number of, of key players. Um, you know, three or four players went down to the English Premier League the, the summer when Ange arrived. We lost our iconic captain, Scott Brown. Um, you know, I think his first training session, there was maybe like nine or ten players there um, at that stage, which kind of brings home the state of the squad he was walking into. Um, and then we kind of got international players back. He, he signed a number of players and just... Um, the club was really broken at that stage as well, I would say. And, and I mean, the title of the book is how he brought the fire back because at that stage, it really did feel as if something was missing at the club. We just were missing a kind of key figure. Um, and Ange has just been the, the most perfect guy to, to come in and 
to never make excuses for for anything and, and never ask for more time uh, from the support. He, he always said, you know, I, I have to to prove myself to them. They have to believe in me. And, you know, where, where we are now is, you know, the dominant team in Scotland by far. We've won three out of the four trophies so far since he's been at, at the club. We're, we're almost certainly, I think, going to win the league, nine points clear. And there's a fair chance that, you know, we play Rangers again at Hamden for for the Scottish Cup and the treble. So um, he could end up winning a treble in his second season. Trebles haven't been a rare thing for us recently. We've won four of them uh, since 2016. But um, given where we were when he came in, if he was able to to do that, and even if he doesn't, even if it's a, a, just a double this season, it's still still incredible you have to look beyond the results it's the everything that goes with it the relationship the excitement fans have the the players he's brought to the club it's just everything so he has a distinct style it's a successful style and he's transplanted it around the world is how has that thrilled the the celtic fans and indeed his players the the style is is so well suited for for celtic we tend to to see ourselves as being you know, a team who who passes the ball, who plays attacking football. And I think Ange has, has, you know, been an ideal fit for that. I think that's no coincidence that the club were obviously aware of him. And and I think all of those kind of traits um, would, would have worked in his favour when, when the club decided to go for him. Um, but the, the football we played, even, you know, yesterday against Rangers in a really nervous game on a a pitch that, that Andrew slaughtered, I think, two or three months ago. Um, and it was slightly better at the weekend, but it still wasn't a great surface. We still passed the ball. We moved off the ball. Um, and Rangers really couldn't deal with us at, at times. And you, you just have to watch the team play to to see that it's a Postacoglu team. Like, it, it's blindingly obvious. What's his So what's his place in the town? Um, he told a story that... I think he said he, he once mentioned that he didn't mind a tipple of whiskey and there are just crates of whiskey that get delivered. There's more than he could ever drink in a lifetime from here. What What's his, um, and it sounds like there's a level of love for the coach right now. Yeah, I mean, the issue with Glasgow is you're, you're never going to be popular with everyone, but but certainly Celtic fans, he's, he's absolutely loved. Um, I dare say he does have a lot of, spare alcohol in his, his house <laughs> wherever he stays um, from, from certain people, probably from the league sponsors as well, because he always wins the uh, manager of the, the month award, which is sponsored by a, a kind of alcohol company here. So um, yeah, lots of that. And and I think I think he, he's quoted as saying he, he likes to live as normal a life as possible. He, just because he's a manager of, of a, a high profile club like Celtic doesn't mean that he, he shouldn't do the things that other people do. So you quite often see Ange, you know, or, photos online of people meeting up with Ange and everything I've heard, you know, from, from people who have met him out and about is that he's he's just a, a great guy and exactly how he comes across. Um he he, he spends time with people. Um, you know, I've I've seen him leaving uh, Celtic Park in his car after some games waiting at the junction for five, ten minutes just to sign autographs yep. for people with his window down. And stuff like that is is just so noticeable and, and goes down so well with fans. So is it a phase, Hamish, where the manager is the biggest star in the setup, bigger than the bigger than the players? Celtic have, have maybe Celtic have maybe been one of the few clubs around where where that is often the case for for whatever reason. Um, again, someone like Martin O'Neill or, or Brendan Rodgers kind of were all, always the the stars, whereas maybe 
some clubs, especially down south, that the players are almost the bigger stars. And just certainly the, the key figure at Celtic right now, he's the one who gets the loudest cheer um, before every game when, when the teams are read out. I think Kyogo Furuhashi's just behind him in second. Um, but he, he's certainly the... He, he he just he runs everything at Celtic. From what I've led to believe, he is in charge of everything football related. Every football decision the club make, as far as I'm concerned, um, you know, Ange has a, a big say in it. So there is a question in here, Hamish, is how long how long will you have him for? Is a, a sort of minds running in that direction, given that there seems like there's there's clear and constant interest from the EPL. Yeah, it's kind of the question that no one really wants to think yeah. about um, from a, a Celtic persuasion. But um, who knows? I mean, Brendan Rodgers left us midway through the season at about a week's notice when when nobody, in fact, less than that, nobody saw that coming. I would like to think that Ange would uh, learn from, from Rodgers' kind of mistakes and, and the fact that he's not remembered quite as fondly and do it at the right time if he does move on. I certainly think, you know, maybe naively, uh, he's got another season on top of this one, at the least. Um, I think he still wants to achieve something big in Europe in the Champions League with Celtic. And whether that happens or not, you know, there's no guarantees at, the, at that level of football. But I think he has another year after this. That would take him to three seasons. And I think at his previous jobs, you'll maybe know better than me, but maybe three years is, is yep. kind of where, what it's tended to be. So maybe at that stage, um, you know, a job down south would come up. But I think it's going to be a, a big club. I think it's going to be a big club that go for Ange, um, just given the the reputation that he's kind of forging for himself. Is there a reflected glory in that? Certainly from an Australian perspective, uh, there is the driving hope that he will land a big club in the English Premier League in the in the future. Well, would there be a would there be a sense of pride for Celtic in in seeing him in graduate to that sort of job? I think there would. I mean, it it would have to come at, at the right time. He would have to leave in the right way for people to 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 feel that way. But I think if if he did, there'd be an English club would get a lot of new fans. Put it that way. Um, I think he's the kind of guy, and it probably goes for a lot of the players that he signed as well. That when they move on, um, you know, Celtic fans will, will look out for these people for the rest of their careers just because they've been part of such a, a likable group of players and, and management. Hamish, it's great to catch up with you. I thoroughly look forward to reading the book as well. I only just became aware of it, so uh, I'll be sourcing it in the very near future. Uh, well done on, on documenting it, and thanks for sharing some of that experience with us today. Great. Appreciate it. Thanks. Hamish Carton is the author of Never Stop, How Ange Postacoglu Brought the Fire Back to Celtic.